Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and welcome to another edition of Movement Radio. I am your host, Chip Hazard. We is back, bitches. My name is Talon Williams, and I'm coming to you from the beautiful, palatial kitchen in my house right now. Um, and I'm sure Chip is calling, uh, calling from his uh, resident as well. <laughs> How you been? I, I am coming from the um, studio attic at Casa Day Hazard. There you go. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, you've been, you've been doing okay, man. This uh, this uh, coronavirus, it's something, isn't it? <laughs> man, uh, oh man, it's it's uh, <laughs> man, it sure has put a a, a damper uh if you if you will on uh everything right it everything really has man everything from sports to wrestling to you know hollywood having to stop making stuff you know a lot of tv shows had to be postponed a lot of uh you know a lot of things halted basically life halted for at least for at least 2 to 3 weeks at some point where it was to the point where the only places that were open were like Walmarts and gas stations, like just just the, the bare essentials, you know. And then there was the thing of people hoarding, you know, toilet paper, which I s- still never understood. Uh, and then you had the whole deal with, uh, you know, like understand, like during a crisis, most people, they get, you know, milk, bread, water, batteries, like Toilet paper was the very first thing that was completely erased from the shelves of stores. Like, like that was that's that one still bothers me as to why that happened first. But it is what it is, man. You know, but we had enough toilet paper to make it through at least the first wave of insanity that happened. Um, you know, because you know a lot of people's fear immediately kicked in, so they were like, "Oh, we gotta get everything we need now." Um, but aside from that, you know, it's so far it's been. It's been a little bit, well, since the, it, it's gotten a whole lot better, it's better now than it was at the beginning. Um, but we, I think we still have a long way to go before things get back to any form of what normalcy was before this whole thing started. You know what I mean? Um, oh, yeah. And and for those of you out there listening, wondering why. Hey, why why are Chip and Talon just now talking about the the pandemic and the coronavirus and all that? Well, the answer to that is quite simple. We were smart enough to see this thing coming and we pre-recorded. We hit the studio and pre-recorded two and a half, three months worth of um, episodes for you guys. Right. Um, and we I, we both kind of sat down and, and kind of figured it out and thought that maybe we would be, you know, we would hit some kind of normalcy uh, around the two and a half to three month mark. Uh, and then we would be able to get back on track and, you know, nothing would be awry. Um, however, we miss that mark by just a little bit right uh so we ran out of uh pre-recorded content and we're coming to you today live uh we don't really have much of an itinerary to talk about uh got a few things we want to touch on um mostly sports related but 
it's really just uh, kind of a catch up thing and, and let you guys know how we've been doing and um, our thoughts on some of the things that's going on. Yeah, it's um, it's different uh, compared to what it was. I don't know what you're asking. I don't see anything. Sorry about that. Sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. My wife asked me something. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry about that, y'all. It, it's, it, it, this is live. What are we telling you? Well, I don't know about live, but we'll, you know, you'll hear this as soon as possible. Um, yes. But yeah, it's a, uh, it's because so many things have been put on hold. NBA's been put on hold. Um, hockey's been put on hold. Um, now a lot of stuff is starting to come back a little bit more. Not not the major sports, obviously, but weird sports. Like the other day, I was uh, I was sitting at a Mexican restaurant and. They had ESPN on, or ESPN two, or ESPN three, or ESPN Deportes, or whatever it was, and I was watching a cornhole championship. Like of all the random things you would watch on ESPN, they're having cornhole tournaments. It's just guys throwing beanbags into, you know, pieces of wood with holes put in it while they're wearing these really tricked out looking masks. Though I will say this: their masks were on point. I can't remember what the team was or anything like that, but yeah, it was it was different. Um, but what what I think would be a good idea, and like we said before, this is kind of a catch up, um, you know, to let everybody know what's going on. Um, actually, something I do want to talk about, Chip, if you will give me permission, uh, since the last time you guys have heard from us here in this format, uh, me and my wife, or mainly my wife, uh, brought a little girl into this world. Uh, she was born back on the 31st of March. Her name is Piper Jolene. Uh, eight, uh, she weighed seven pounds, 12 ounces, and she is the most beautiful thing I've ever laid my eyes on. Um, and I was worried a lot going into the hospital simply because, I, I mean, uh, one of the nurses straight up told me, she said, you're lucky you're having the baby right now. Because and this this is after the fact when she told me this, she said you're lucky you had the baby now because had it been like a day or two later you wouldn't have been able to be in the hospital room with your wife, and that would have killed me. You know, not literally, but that would have just eaten me up. You know, but baby was born on that Tuesday. We got to go home on that Thursday, um, and then pretty much just being like my I joke about this I mean it's, it's a serious issue but I joke about this saying that my daughter happened to have the unfortunate timing to be born during the zombie apocalypse um which is what I say normally is like as a joke just to you know break up the monotony of a lot of stuff you know um but yeah, yeah. I mean that's what's going on you know in my life um you know my son also is doing very well my wife is doing good I'm doing good um you know still still kind of in limbo about where things are going to go from here as far as work and stuff goes. Um, but you know, as long as, you know, I have this platform here to be able to maybe vent a little bit about things that are, you know, not as so serious because like the whole reason why we started this podcast almost, almost a year ago, August will be August of this year will make one year for us in terms of being in, in the podcasting world. Um, that we wanted to bring, what we talked about earlier is some level of normalcy and what we normally talk about is stuff that people aren't talking about what we talk about in terms of sports in terms of you know wrestling in terms of movies music 
any type of pop culture thing because that's what we do. Um, so that my son was screaming at me. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's what like, I don't want to be so serious to the point to where they are getting people are like, man, I really, you know, this is this is almost becoming sad to listen to. Like, I want p- people to be entertained. I want people to enjoy what they're listening to. So I feel like we as podcasters and now that we have the ability to do this now via the technology that we're using now we have i guess an obligation now to make people entertained we have an obligation now to help people get over the things that they're worried about worried about whether or not they're going to be able to pay their bills worried about whether or not you know this person or that person is going to be able to be okay whether it be physically or mentally or whatever you know so i feel like what we do in some way, you know, would help people get back to that level of normalcy if they enjoy listening to our podcast, you know, and that, that went on a very, very long, long tangent. I apologize, but I just I wanted to get that out because it, it, you know, I know the people who have said to us, man, I really listen. I really enjoy listening to the podcast, you know, and we again, Chip, we've had people ask us, well, why haven't y'all touched on the coronavirus or why haven't we touched on other things like I mean we touched a little bit on free agency back when we were doing the uh something about sports right but we weren't able to actually delve deep into it because we didn't have the the accessibility to be able to do that every Wednesday like we normally do so now with this right we can do it better now because of you know me using the laptop now um you know it's I prefer us being in the same room because you know we can feed off of each other's energy and we can still be you know over the internet but at the same time it's a different type of feel you know what i mean um kind of like when we you know have you know talked amongst a group of our friends it's more fun when everyone's in the same room as opposed to everybody being on different screens you know but in the end but in the end of the day we're gonna be exactly we're, we're gonna be okay at the end of the day i think you know we you know everyone's got you know and you got a wife and two kids also that you're taking care of and making sure that you're okay with their, you know, making sure they're okay and everything. And, uh, like from there, I think we should, you know, get started and just, you know, be goofy as hell. Like we always do. And then figure out what we're going to do next. I'm going to drink I'm going to get a drink of this beer real quick. Excuse me. Right. Um, and that's another thing I can drink. But- I can drink in my house. I get, I get in trouble if I do it at the other place. Yeah, I can't, can't, can't drink on the, the other place. Yeah, uh, not too much has changed for me um, since since we last recorded. Uh, still working 40 plus a week. Um, still, you know, man, I don't leave the house that often anyway, so quarantine didn't bother me much. Um, you know, other than that, uh, you know... I, don't get to wrestle right now, but I, I've learned that uh, I, I've enjoyed my not at a wrestling show. I'm not obligated to be anywhere at any particular time. Right. I can spend with my family. I can spend more time with my kids and I don't have to worry about, you know, being in the middle of doing something and having the rush thinking right yeah and 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 then you know like rushing through to get ready to go to a wrestling show um i I think coming out of this 
when the economy and the world starts picking back up, I may be very, very selective uh, on when I wrestle and how often I wrestle. Right. Um, it it may not. I, I haven't quite decided one hundred percent. Right. But it may not be a three times a week every week deal anymore. It may right. be a you know once or twice a month. Right. Kind of deal. Yeah. Right. Uh, but but we you know we'll see. Uh, yeah. You know I may may start out once or twice a month and and pick back up or realize that once and tw- once or twice a month just isn't for me and not do it at all i i don't know um so that's that's where we are on that front but yeah well i'm not gonna lie i'm sorry i I didn't mean to cut you off i mean yeah i mean because i i've enjoyed obviously the time off from wrestling and spending time with the family and everything but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie i the itch is still there for me you know i still have the itch like i literally had a dream the other night that it's going to sound corny as hell, and I'm sorry for it, but I literally had a dream the other night that you and me uh, wrestled uh, the lynch mob in some warehouse somewhere. It was weird, and there was like maybe 50 people in the audience. But yeah, it was, it was, it, it was, it was something weird like that. I, and I, and it may just be flashbacks of when we wrestled them at GPW or something. I don't know what it was, but yeah, I had. It, I've been having more. It's been itching at me more now, you know, and. Um, you know, I do think that with time and everything, and and like I said, you know, we and we had talked about this, you know, off air. Um, regardless of whatever decision you make, you know, I, I'm I, I'm behind you 100% on any decision that you want to make. But, ladies and gentlemen, understand the movement is still the the movement is still the movement. Like there ain't no ain't no change into that. You know, whether you stay or go, we still the movement. You know what I mean? So let's oh, just yeah. see that You know. Yeah, that doesn't change anything. Got a podcast, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyway, where were you? Yeah, where were you? Touch, I apologize. Oh, but so well, I, I was going to use that to trans- transition into um, wrestling on TV. Your your WWE Monday Night Raw, uh, NXT on Wednesdays, AEW on Wednesdays, SmackDown on Wednesdays. Um, it's it's a whole lot different than what it was uh, pre-pandemic. Uh, you're wrestling in front of uh, zero crowd. Right. You know, um, it, fortunately enough, the the promoters of those um, organizations were smart enough to to position some of the other wrestlers uh, that either are not on the card or uh have already wrestled something um out in out in the crowd to make some sort of noise um it's different and you can tell that it's different by that they are out um it seems as if a lot of the wrestlers to me are just going through the motions. Right. Uh, because especially like, so I 
pay more attention to the tag team wrestling because that's what I'm the most fond of. Right. I prefer to watch tag team wrestling. Right. Uh, the important part of a tag team match, uh, believe it or not, is the hot tag. Absolutely. Uh, and and the, the hot tag almost means nothing without a crowd. Yeah, because uh, you look for that moment when the when when the babyface comes in and gets his fire, you know the crowd's there with him to provide that energy. Exactly. Yeah, um, it, it definitely makes sense a lot. And well, for me, and this was, and, and I and we were talking about this because you know Piper was born on the thirty first of March, and then we we were able to bring her home and stuff. Watching WrestleMania without a crowd was weird. Um, weird. I mean, now, if you watch, if you normally watch wrestling on mute, then you're probably not. It's probably not going to affect you that much, you know, unless you're like listening to promos and things like that. But even the build to it in, in terms of promos was weird because you had nobody. Because there's one thing that I do enjoy about having a crowd at a wrestling show is that if they catch on to something, if somebody for, like, say for example, if John Cena, th- here's a perfect example. John Cena said that Heath Slater looked like the chick from Wendy's and the damn crowd. What did the crowd do after that? He said that they started a Wendy's chant. They started a Wendy's chant. That's the crowd interaction that's missing a lot. When we talk about sports in general, and I know, I know there's going to be somebody who listens to this like, well, technically it's entertainment. Shut the fuck up. I don't want to hear that from you. Um, I know. Shut up. When it comes to any type of sport, when you focus on football, basketball, baseball, hockey, even NASCAR, anything that's on a field or a court or some type of, you know, contact sport with, or even mixed martial arts in some aspects, the camera angles aren't focused towards the crowd. There's not a whole lot of crowd shots except for maybe going to commercial, coming out of commercial, things like that. Like aerial view of the crowd to show how many people's there, stuff like that. But when you but when we talk about uh, the actual sports themselves, these sports most of the time they're they're not really crowd reactive. Or what I mean by that is that you can watch a you can watch a football game and still enjoy the football game without even without a crowd being there almost. You know, kind of like the equivalent right. of like a school, kind of like the equivalent of like a high school football game. You know, not a whole lot of people are going to be there cheering their heads off at a high school football game unless you live in Texas or Alabama. But that's a different story. What you doing, buddy? Okay, love you. All right. Sorry about that, y'all. But yeah, but what I'm saying is, you know, a basketball game, you know, you can watch these other sports and still enjoy those sports because the crowd's not going to be intimately affecting the product. But when you talk about wrestling, the reactions and the crowd is almost like 90 percent, not 90, like 50, like half of. The part, the best part of being at a wrestling show is that you get to boo the bad guys, you get to cheer for the good guys, you get to ha- start the holy shit chance when you see something incredible, like an insane bump or a crazy flip or a dive or, or something, or, or a moment where you think, oh my god, somebody just got paralyzed from like a spear from the top of the cage or something, you know? Like that's right. the, mo- the moments that you look for, and right now, especially in, 
I think it's more, I think it's worse on the independents, the shows that are running, um, which are very, very few and far between right now. However, the bigger shows like your WWEs, your AEWs, they found a formula that worked for the time. Now, it, now it, is this good for long-term go- growth and long-term success? We don't know, but it's something that will... And yeah, the AEW, and I'm, I know there's going to be some AEW fanboys out there. I like AEW too. I'm not trying to shit on anybody, so shut up. I think that the AEW people got it right when they started doing the shows, first starting at the Nightmare Factory, formerly the Power Factory. Shout out to UQT. And they were able to use a lot of their students in the program to, you know, enhance the talent that's already there. The guys who are actually signed and AEW is going to do something with them in the future. And then for them to travel to Jacksonville to be able to produce, you know, TV down there in Jacksonville, you know, and even have some of those guys from the Power Factory to come down to maybe do a job for, you know, a couple of the guys and stuff, or maybe even have good competitive matches that builds up guys. That works. But then you got WWE who didn't really tag, didn't really do that until much later. And I don't know if it was because WWE saw the success of what AEW was doing and they thought, hmm, maybe that's a good idea. Maybe we need to start doing that. And then they put a lot of their performance center people there and then some of their unsigned talent and other stuff. The only thing is they made the WWE, they made it look like a hockey rink in a way because they got that big glass partition around the, the railing, which is really a really weird aesthetic. However, me being a wrestler and I see that glass partition, especially if I'm a heel, I'm throwing somebody in it. That's just the way that my brain works. I um, like here. Here's the thing. I like the glass partition or plexiglass partition um, that WWE put up. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it was much later, but I like it. Right. Uh, and it, it gives them that different aesthetic that uh, they didn't have to begin right. with. So, uh, I, I said it uh, before when we were talking to uh, some friends off air uh, that I think AEW got it right by putting the, the crowd, you know, out there. Right. Uh, and, and by that, I mean the the... The people that are aren't being used at the shows or whatnot. Yeah, and a lot of and and it's and it's a lot of guys that you know that we know um, who are getting these opportunities to be able to you know. And you had brought up the point earlier of to what's going to happen to some of these guys once AEW is allowed to be able to go back on the road again. Um, yeah, essentially when 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 their worth is full. Uh, and the regular roster comes back, then what? Yeah, because you have Pac over in England. You have uh, the Dark Order, which is still, I think they're from Canada or something like that. I can't exactly exactly remember. But yeah, there's a a whole lot of people who are... uh, you know, who's getting opportunities to be able to work on the show... And, and, you know, and I'm, I'm not trying to kiss anybody's ass, but I'm going to throw names out there because I, you know, I like the way that most of these guys works and I'm, you know, I'm cool with them. You know, guys like Matt Sells, you know, Sean Dean, Alan Angels, these guys putting in work, you know, and they're able to, you know, 
put on good matches. Like, hell, Alan Angels pull, pulled off a damn good match versus Kenny versus Kenny Omega, you know. And then for them to, you know, will they be aesthetic for? I mean, I'm not aesthetic. I'm, that's the wrong word. I'm sorry. Will they still be used in uh, in a capacity in any capacity? Because what if, for example, AEW decides a tour of Texas and then Booker T wants some of his guys used? Or you go to the Northeast and some of the Monster Factory guys want their some of their guys used, you know? And that could right. be dynasty in some sense because you you want to you want to not want to play the political game in that in that perspective because you do want there to be some checks and balances in your wrestling. Um, okay, I, I just now read the uh, I just now read that message. Okay, um, yeah, you're good. Yeah, you do want some checks and balances when it comes to your wrestling. Um, but you know, like. Like, like I said before, like we talked about it earlier off here. Like, I wish all those guys, you know, the best of luck. And I hope that, you know, they're able to be used more, you know, which I think with with QT being a strong part of AEW, I think that they have more op- more of an opportunity now than a lot of other wrestlers have an opportunity. But they still have to put in the work. And I think that if they didn't put in the work, they wouldn't get that opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Excuse me. Oh, exactly. Yeah, you know, and that's another exactly. thing. They wouldn't be put in that position to begin with. Uh, yeah, and there's a lot of people, and there's a lot of people that was like, man, the only reason why this guy, I literally heard this, bro. The only reason why that guy's on TV is because he's friends with QT, and it's like, really, man? That's where that's where you're going with it. First and foremost, even if first and for, first and foremost, even if that is true, even if QT got them the booking. QT's not the fucking owner of AEW. He's not even the shot caller or the booker of AEW. So you can't say that QT QT got guys foot in the door, but there's an old saying, just because somebody opens a door for you, you still have to walk through it, you know? So people open doors for us, you know? It doesn't make us any less men or any less deserving if we walk through that door, you know what I mean? So... Yeah, the, and, no. and, 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 and you know what? Go ahead. Here, here, here's the thing. Maybe that they, maybe they are correct in that assumption that the only reason some of these guys are getting the opportunity to begin with was because they were students at QT school uh, or whatnot. Right. But, but. They went in and they did everything they were supposed to do. They're talented enough that they earned the shot to come back. I mean, here's the thing. Kenny Omega is one of the top two or three guys in all of the world, right? Yeah, yeah, I would definitely say top five. Yeah. We can Uh, debate top five wrestlers another time, but yeah, I think he's in, I I definitely think Kenny Omega is in the top five. So, you you don't earn the opportunity to wrestle a guy like Kenny Omega and not be squashed completely just because you're friends with somebody. Exactly. Uh, a guy like Alan Angels is completely competent and knows what he's doing uh, 
in the ring. Otherwise, he wouldn't be in that spot, period. Exactly, exactly. And there's been a ton of other guys who have had the chance, and they, again, blew it out of the water, whether it was going out there and having a competitive match or going out there and having a squash. I mean, you know, the fact right. of the matter, and, and and I hear this all the time. People's like, I don't see what that guy's on TV, and I don't see what this guy ever do, blah, 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 blah. And I tell him, I'm like, well, they're on TV and you're not. So what does that say? You know, they're doing something right. Exactly. And then it's like, man, I ain't kiss nobody's ass. I'm like, well, you apparently you ain't done anything else. I mean, first of all, I don't like the fact that certain rest, certain, and I'm not going to mention names and the, the people know who they are. I don't like the fact that how some certain wrestlers will gripe and bitch and complain about not getting opportunities, but yet they're unwilling to put the work in. That's the thing, you know, that that blows my mind completely is that, okay, you say you want to go to promotion X, okay, and you bitch and cry and complain because promotion X doesn't want to bring you in. Or if they do want to bring you in, they say, okay, well, we can bring you in, but we want you to squash to this person, you know, you know what they're doing with that. And hell, Bubba, we've had to squash before. I've squashed before. You know, there was a match I there was a match I did where I got two kicks and an out of nowhere clothesline. And then after that I took a finish and that was it. Like literally the match lasted less than four minutes. But right. I went out hey, there um, and I, you know, you know, put my head down, went out there, did what I was asked to do. And then I think what three weeks later, they had me in there with somebody who said, All right, let's do a, let's have a good match. And then you can showcase what you can do. You know, people right. have this people have a hard time being humble. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's one thing that separates people is the fact that it's like, you know, like I really don't want to do the job, but you know what? It might help. If I do the favor, maybe the favor, kind of like what we talked about earlier. If if I if I do the favor, the favor will be returned to me, you know. And that's an old that's an old wrestling rule of thumb, you know what I mean? Um, anyway, I didn't mean to cut you off. What were you gonna say? No, no, I was I was gonna ask. Um, I, I noticed that your messenger keeps popping. Uh, I was gonna ask if there was any way you could mute that during recording. Oh, my bad. Uh, <laughs> no, you're good. Yeah, it you're good. It happens sometimes. Hey. It, it's it's trial by error at this point because we're not in the same room using the same equipment. So it's you know we just got right. got to learn. Yeah, um, I'm, just, I'm getting I'm getting messages from the guys in the revive chat. They're yeah, I most, am too. Most, most of them are in Nashville and that whole thing's going on. Uh, um, hey, look, man, I'm just I'm not going to go too deep into it, but I am going to say pray for everybody because we all need prayer at this point. That being said, right. Um, going back to the um, Going back to the whole thing, because I've been hearing a lot, especially from a lot of people, because I'm I'm involved with, with some pro wrestling groups on Facebook. Um, the majority of them are okay groups. You know, they they go in there, they have frank discussions about professional wrestling, they talk about their favorite, you know, WCW wrestlers or you know, different things like that. But then you have the one groups that are just blatantly just the markish of marks the and i don't mean mark in the term of what it truly means i just mean they are these smart fans who think that they know what professional wrestling is even though they've never laced up a pair of boots right now there are some guys who i can say are knowledgeable and now and understand knowledgeable and having knowledge are two different things 
They really are because having knowledge is different than being knowledgeable as a knowledgeable means you understand something, but you don't have the experience behind it. So really in, in layman's terms, all you have is information. And in terms of info, like, hell, Chip, I can have information. That doesn't mean, like, for example, I you can tell me word for word verbatim how to operate on somebody's leg. But if I actually tried to do it, I'd probably kill somebody because, you know, give them gangrene or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's, right. it's one of those things where it's like I get it, it literally gets me to the point to where I, I want to say there's been plenty of times like I wish Facebook had a shut the fuck up button is what I wish because I would be mashing that thing on a daily basis with some of these groups Um, and I understand that a lot of people's like Talon why do you bother why does it bother you so much because I do bitch about it a lot on other episodes like why does it bother you so much I guess the reason why it bothers me so much is because I got in when I got in this business when I got in the wrestling business like I wanted to do it the right way you know, we, you and me both were trained very old school. I didn't even get to be inside of a wrestling ring to take bumps for until six weeks. You know what I'm saying? Like when we did the like, hell, I think we were both ready to quit at one point. So I, I was, so, you know, going through that year of just trial by error and trying to learn. And then even after they said, okay, you're ready to perform in front of a crowd. I mean, I didn't think I was ready. They thought I was ready. I should have said, nah, give me, let me get another couple of months in. But no, nah, they threw me out there in the fire. And it was basically, it was like, it's like riding a bicycle and the bicycle's on fire. Um, But, you know, you make it, you know. But, right. but, you know, it's like, I can at least tell somebody an experience about it. You know, it's, 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 it's different coming from you coming from me coming from somebody who's been doing it actively physically in the ring instead of somebody who has only watched it and blogs about it from his mama's basement and i'm not saying every single person who's a smart fan lives in his mama's basement that's not what i'm saying i'm not saying that every single smart fan is completely dumb and don't know what they're talking about i'm sure there are plenty of smart fans who you know, have again, like we said, knowledge about the product, but it's not real knowledge. It's just information. You're basically a reporter, is what you are. Right. You know, and it's one. It's one thing to be a reporter. It's another thing to analyze and opine and you know give an opinion based off of nothing other than conjecture. You know, just assumption. You know. That would be, again, it's the equivalent of, you know, knock on wood. If I walk out of my house right now and I break my leg, when they take me to the, when they take me to the hospital, can I tell the doctor how to fix my leg? No. Why? Because I'm not a doctor. doesn't matter how many episodes of ER I watch. doesn't matter how many anatomy books I read. No matter how many times, you know, I think about Katherine Heigl on, you know, Grey's Anatomy. It ain't going to happen. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to tell the doctor how to fix my damn leg because I'll, if he did that, he'd be an idiot. You know? Exactly. But I guess from from your standpoint, and I know you look at things completely outside the box, the way completely different than the way I do. I guess that's why we work so well together as a tag team. Exactly. From your perspective, from your perspective I don't know if these 
these groups might be important in some aspects because they, they they're able to make the rounds of reporting news and things like that. But at the same time, they're able to give their unknowledgeable opinions, I guess. Is there a place um, for it now, especially in today's world? Is there a place for it? You know, amidst all the bullshit going on, you know, and I didn't mean to turn this into like a straight up interview, but I had to get no, my no, 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 no. It's um, man, the it, thing it, is, there's no wrong answer here. I'm just asking, you know. No, the, okay. So with the advent of social media, it gave people uh, the ability to voice their opinion like none other. Right. Um, unfortunately, some people have the opinion that they know more than they really do. Right. Uh, and it is the the vocal minority that becomes the majority. Uh, right. And what I mean by that is if say there's 10 people in a room, right? Okay. And one person is the only person talking, right? Right. But the other nine are smarter and more knowledgeable. They have smarter and have more experience, but they don't speak up. That one person who is the vocal minority becomes the majority because there's nobody there to say, hey, you're wrong. Right. And that's what social media has become. It is people, the the vocal minority on any situation, uh, and it just so happens that we're talking wrestling right now, um, but it's it's the social media has been has given that vocal minority their quote unquote voice because they can go to Facebook and they can create this group where there's a hundred or two hundred like-minded people in that group who may have the same exact opinion, right? And then you get somebody like you or I who has, you know, we're, we're smarter and have more experience and we get invited to one of these groups and we how things really work then that that vocal minority that was there before has now become the majority because everybody that's in the group thinks the same whether they're right or wrong you can't have a difference of an opinion because then you are you're you're being a a racist bigot uh you don't know what you're talking about like it they just start attacking you over and over to the point that you just don't want to fucking do it no more right it, it, there was one instance where i was having a conversation like like I was commenting on something. I think somebody said something about Carmella or in, in some regard to Carmella, okay? And right. somebody made the comment, 
is like she can't wrestle. Literally, like I'm, I'm not going to break down the whole. It was, it was a long ass wall of words, but it was basically the equivalent of she can't wrestle. The only reason why she's there is because she looks good. Blah 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 blah. She's probably fucking Enzo, whatever. And I'm think I'm sitting there thinking I'm like, well, bro, you know, like I understand that you know you may not be a fan of her, but bro, you ain't got to go like that far into it. Like you're like digging into her personal life and shit. Like, like bro, just settle down a little bit you know right. and he was like nah man this bitch is trash and I was like well that's your opinion he goes no it's a fact and I'm like no bro it's an opinion you just gave your opinion and he was like no bro and he, he emphasized bro with he like put bro in quotation marks I'm sorry I say the word bro kiss my ass Um, and he was like no bro she is trash that is a fact there's no way around it any real wrestling fan can see that I said okay well how about somebody who's actually involved with professional wrestling and I say she's not trash is she the best wrestler on the planet absolutely not but that doesn't mean she can't get better and do better in the future and for what she's doing right now she's doing a pretty damn good job guess guess what he says to me after that you don't know what you're talking about you need to leave this group because you're just as dumb as them <laughs> you're just as dumb as them impact wrestling morons i'm thinking how the hell did we go from carmella to impact wrestling first of all impact wrestling is the shit now let me let me just say that second of all the shit as in terrible or the shit as in good the shit well he said he spelled it s-h-i-t-t-z so i'm guessing he meant the shits so i guess he you know whatever um okay but nevertheless i was like bro you need to chill the fuck out because this has nothing you know it has nothing to do with whatever you know and i literally got to a point where i was like you know what i'm done so i got out of the group and I actually have spoken to the admin a couple of times and I told him, I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm leaving this fucking group. I'm done, you know, with this bullshit, you know? And he was like, wow, what's going on? You know, cause me and him have had conversations. I've been on and I've been on his uh, video podcast a couple of times, talked wrestling and things like that, you know, right. and he was like, bro, I respect your opinion. You know, you, you're actually knowledgeable. You're one of the few people who actually know what the fuck you're talking about. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm not going to sit here and let some fat fucking idiot tell me I don't know what I'm talking about when I've been doing this shit at the time, you know, 16, 17 years. Like, you can't tell me, you can't tell me shit. You know what I mean? Like, it's one, that would be like me, a basketball fan, trying to tell LeBron James how to, how to, how to dunk a basketball. Like, for real. Right. You know, like, and I'm not saying I'm LeBron James of anything. Don't, 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 don't. I'm not, I'm not in that conversation by any stretch. You know, and I'm, and I'm not even saying I'm the best. I'm not even in the best wrestler conversation either. But the fact is, I may not be the the best wrestler, but I'm a way better wrestler than the guy sitting at, sitting on his couch. You know what I mean? So, how can this person who literally looked like he never even stepped foot in a ring, a gym, anything? tell me that I'm wrong when it comes to anything involving professional wrestling at any level, whether it be the major leagues or, or the independents, you know? Exactly. And, and that's another thing that I really, is that they talk a lot more. This one group that I talk, that, that I'm in is all about independent wrestling. There's no WWE. There's no AEW, no impact. Like, they, they, they don't even talk about evolve. It's like all independent stuff, you know. 
It's mostly from, you know, the Carolinas, Georgia, Florida. So I guess it's like a southeastern independent type thing. Um, they talked about a lot. They talk about P- P- PWX. And they talk about uh, Full Impact Pro down in Florida and a couple of other Florida promotions. They talk about the, some of the Georgia promotions. Um, they talk about a lot. Like They talk about some Georgia promotions. I think the three main promotions in Georgia they talk about are Southern Honor, Southern Fried, and uh, Anarchy. They still talk about Anarchy still. Okay. Not a whole, not a whole lot in Tennessee well, I mean, though. Anarchy is Anarchy is kind of the uh, the Godfather the, almost uh, the, the Godfather slash Holy Grail of Georgia wrestling, right? You know, because so many great wrestlers have came from Anarchy. You know, and probably the two fa- most famous ones, at least at this point, probably the two most famous ones that came out of Anarchy. Would you say AJ Styles and Xavier Woods? You know, in terms of like, you know, popularity or in terms of like height as to where they where they went and things like that, as far as WWE, WrestleMania, things like that. You know, you can throw in, you know, Jackson Riker, a.k.a. Gunner, a.k.a. Phil Shatter, you know, whatever he's calling himself. Um, you know, and, and there's a few others you can throw out there, you know. Um, and, and again, we've wrestled guys several times who have performed there, um, you know, but that but to say that. And again, it's all fans voicing their opinion, which I think in in a small way, I think that it's a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing that wrestlers and not not just pro wrestlers, wrestlers, fans or wrestlers, you know, athletes, celebrities, you know, people can interact with their fans and their supporters and people that follow them and they want to know what's up with them. Like the like one of the main people that I follow on all of my social media platforms is The Rock, you know, not just because I was a fan of him during during his wrestling days, you know, but, you know, you follow his workout stuff, you follow his inspirational stuff. You know, he he's always doing something on social media. He's always reaching out to fans about an upcoming project, a movie. Um, and things like that, you know, he's very interactive with fans, you know, very, very like, hey, you know, let me, you know, I want to show you this, you know, picture, take a picture with me, you know, and he'll post it to a Facebook, he'll tag the person in, in their Facebook, their, their Facebook or their Instagram or things like that. And then you got right. the people, and then you got the other people like uh, Kevin Durant, and this is not a shot at Kevin Durant, he's probably going to, you know, block me or whatever, like I, I hell, I, I have a little over 300 followers on Twitter, so that's basically saying, like I said before, I'm probably not going to be invited to any of the SCIs. Um, but that being said, like Kevin Durant is one who will, he doesn't know how to, and I understand because I'm this, I'm more. Kevin Durant, more, a basketball player? It, yeah, Kevin Durant, the NBA basketball player. Let me explain what I mean by this. Hang on a second. Okay. Kevin Durant, they talk about it a lot. He is very, he's, he's, he's one of the most, th- and this is their their quotation is that he's he has the thinnest skin of any NBA player because you can say something very, very minute, not even a shot, and Kevin Durant will take it and create it as a diss. You know, he's and, and he will go after people on his Twitter account. And instead of just, you know, embracing the fans that love him, he spends more time going after and arguing with the fans who talk shit about it, which is very counterproductive from the sense that you're fucking Kevin Durant. Right. You are currently, currently, you are one of the top three best basketball players in the world. Like you're 
like it, for and again i'm probably going to get shit for saying this and please forgive me media but in terms of best players on the planet right now um if in terms of basketball if i'm going the top five players and i'm not even going to go in any particular order if i'm going top five players i'm going uh Kawhi, lebron harden Giannis, and durant like those would be my five right okay. right off the top not in any particular order but off the top of my head it's LeBron, it's LeBron, KD, Harden, uh, shit, who did I say? LeBron, KD, Kawhi, KD, yeah, KD, LeBron, Kawhi, Harden, and Giannis. Right. That being said, though, Kevin Durant will attack people. He attacked it, like, he attacked, um, not Stephen A. Smith, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp made the comment that even though Kevin Durant was the best player on the Golden State Warriors team, it's still Steph Curry's team. And what right. he meant and what he meant by that was Steph Curry that was their baby. That's who they drafted. That's who grew up a Golden State Warrior, you know? He's always going to be more beloved than Kevin Durant was. What what where, what where it stems from with Kevin Durant was they won, kept, Golden State won the back-to-back championships, and he was the MVP of both of those. But he never, he never got the validation that he felt like he deserved because he left OKC and joined up with this monster known as Golden State. You see what I'm saying? Right. So in terms of he, because he feels slighted, he feels the need to attack. And that's where when we're bringing it all the way back to the social medias, that social media can be a blessing and a curse because the, the blessing is that it, it, give, it, it puts you in line with your fans and it makes you interact with them. And it could be positive and it could be motivating and it could be inspirational. But the curse is, is that as many fans that love you, there's going to be for every I'm just I'm paraphrasing here for every let's just say for every 10 fans that love you, you're going to have two that hate you. And there's going to be people who are not going to be fans of you. There are people who flat out hate LeBron James simply because he plays basketball a little bit better or maybe not a little bit better than Michael Jordan. That being said, I'm not going to get into that debate. Or unless you want to get to that debate, because that seems like, like it'd be pretty interesting considering the last dance just happened. But uh, no, I will not get into that debate yet. Uh, right. But what I'm saying is that's the blessing and the curse when it comes to social media. I think both of them have their dis- both of them have their advantages, but then both of them have their disadvantages as well. You know, you you don't want to be the asshole who's always negative on social media, but at the same time you do have the ability to tell somebody uh you know fuck off i'm better than you <laughs> you know what i'm saying like i mean and and, and, there, and there's nothing wrong with hitting the block button you know that that person don't you don't that person's talking shit about you hit the block button it's so right. easy your thumb won't you you won't you won't your thumb won't even get a workout you know i didn't mean to rant i apologize <laughs> i'm gonna be i'm gonna be ranting and apologizing a lot these next couple of episodes probably so Anyway, I don't even know where I was going to go with this, to be honest, because I know we've verted it. We've, uh, we've been all over the place. I kind of went a little bit into the NBA when I gave him a top five. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's okay. 
Oh, you know, like I said, we don't really have an itinerary. Um, would you agree with what we talk about? To, what would you agree with my about, about the top five? Um, and I, like I said, it's not in any particular order. I just threw out the five names that I think are the best players in the NBA. And then if people want to like put a gun to my head and make me, you know, place them in a certain order, I think it'd be difficult because I think all of them are great, you know. KD's only problem um, is that I heard at the wrong time, you know. And that's why I can't put KD in the top five current. Okay. Uh, so who would you have then? Uh, it would be Le- LeBron, Giannis, and this is no particular order, of course, but uh, LeBron, Giannis, uh, Kawhi, Harden, mm, and probably... Current, uh, that fifth would be. I, I, I would have to do. Okay, well, let me uh, let me throw out some names for you. Let me see if maybe you maybe the, five. Uh, well, hold on, five. It, it would have to be five A, five B, and I I would say current playing. Uh, obviously, nobody's playing right now, but right before the pandemic. I, I would say five A, five A, five B. Because I can't choose one or the other. Would be Trey Young, John Morant. Yeah. Um. Here's the thing. Like I like I like Ja. You know he's he's a Grizzly. But I think I mean I definitely had him rookie as rookie of the year before the whole thing you know went crazy. Yeah. So, uh, definitely. Uh, but I think the only reason why he, they would have thought about that was because. You know, Zion didn't really play a whole lot, and I think people would have given Zion the popular vote straight from the get-go because of it. Um, I, I think Zion would have got the popular vote. You're right. Yeah. Um, but even I think, though I think, Jaw, had been, I think yeah, Jaw was doing much better. Um, yeah. I mean, so. Memphis was still struggling, but at the same time, they weren't any. They weren't in in the worst position that they used to be. Um, right. Let me let me go ahead and throw one out there to you because. I'm thinking, and, and I'm surprised this name didn't come across your lips, thinking that maybe it would have been a name that you would throw out there. Uh, Russell Westbrook. Oh, would you, consider, I, would, you, would you consider Russell Westbrook at least in the top five or top ten or in that category? In that category, hey, I, I would put him in definitely in the top ten. The things that him and James Harden were doing together in Houston uh, pre-pandemic were insane. Right, we'll just say that. Yeah, well, the small ball lineup—it was—it was a gift and a curse because, like, against some teams it was great, but against other teams it was a struggle. You know, right? Um, and, well, and it was weird because the teams that that the the experts and analysts were saying it would never work again—they were dominating. Like right. they were like the experts were like oh, the small ball lineup never work against the Lakers. And they dominated the Lakers. And the Lakers are one of the tallest, like, biggest teams in the league. Well, yeah, because they have – I mean, obviously they have Anthony Davis, who is a top-10 player. But he's a top-10 player when he has another player to play off of. I'm not getting into that that debate right now. Um, Excuse me. Um, But also – and a lot of people are throwing the name Damian Lillard out – but the thing with Damien, Damien, he's good in the clutch, and he just had Portland in the fi- in in the Western Conference Finals like almost a year ago. 
But right now, they're barely struggling to make the playoffs. Or make, right. at the time that they were barely struggling to make the playoffs. Um, he even made mention whenever the season started back up because you know there's the talk of the NBA possibly doing a 2014 playoff with you know you know all the seedings you know being the way that they are from east to west or whatever um, and uh, something along the lines of if we don't have any mathematical chance to make it then I'm just not going to play. You know, I think that right. I think that sends a wrong I, message that you're just flat out just giving up on the team. You know, which Dame could have easily so I, went up somewhere else. You know, but he decided to stay in Portland. You know, um, but I yeah. do think he. And you know, I, I get what he's saying. I get what he's saying. Like, if you're not going to give us the chance, if we're right there, you know, we're say one game away, and you're not going to give us the chance, what should I play? Right. Yeah. But then again, it's like, well, but then you don't want other your other teammates to be like, well, fuck, I, I guess if Dame's not going to do it, I'm not going to do it either. Next thing you know, it's like nobody wants to play now, you know, which is kind of counterproductive. You think about it, which I think if I don't know if they're going to do it, which hell, even if they do do the 2014 playoff, they're in, you know, they were fighting for a number eight seed, so I mean, obviously, sixteen teams. You know, that's you know, that's going to be. They're definitely in a top. They're definitely a top twenty-four team, so they ain't got nothing to worry about. You know, um, right? You know, but 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 also at the same time, there's been but there's been so many teams that were going to be disappointing or whatever. Um, speaking of teams that are that are disappointing, let's talk about Miami. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but actually, I do want to transition a little bit to football because. You know, it's been a while since we talked about um, the trade that pissed you off more than anything I've ever heard in my life uh, with uh, Hopkins going from Houston to Arizona, uh, which yes. I don't know if you're still f- I don't know if you're still fuming about it um, with. Um, OK, so go ahead. Let, let, Okay, so with the Hopkins deal, uh, when it initially happened, I was um, I was livid and I and was like, "How do you trade the best wide receiver in the NFL for nothing?" Right, right. right. It was like a what, fourth round pick. And, Way, yeah, right. How do you give away the best wide receiver in in the NFL? How do you give away? And then the more that I've sat back and and I've looked at at the pieces to the puzzle that have been put around Deshaun Watson, I realize, like, I think it's going to work out better for Deshaun Watson and the Texans franchise in the end. So it's better uh, for long-term growth, basically. Yes. And what I mean by that is I think as much as I love DeAndre Hopkins, he was what we call a ball hawk. Right. You, it doesn't matter what situation you're in, you throw the ball his way, and 
he he's got it right right what what that did was it hindered the the growth of a Deshaun Watson right the quarterback but it also hindered the growth of other players because Deshaun Watson became dependent upon DeAndre Hopkins right he he would instead of really scanning the field and saying okay uh here's what the play is supposed to be uh let me give it two more seconds uh okay 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 fuller's open now i can get him the ball as soon as the play would break down he would it was almost immediate scramble ball to right okay um now I think with the addition of Brandon mm-hmm. Cooks that puts uh Will Fuller at one, Brandon Cooks at two, Kenny Stills at three, maybe Kenny Stills at two, Brandon Cooks at three. Uh I'm not sure how that's Dude, gonna Kenny's work. But Kenny's uh, I'm sorry, my opinion, and because I've seen him play in Miami, Kenny's good enough to be a number one, man. I just think his size prevent I, I, his size prevents him from being a number one. Uh, here's here's why I think Fuller is going to be the number one, uh, and number two will be either Cooks or Stills, and that's because Fuller's been with the system longer. Right. Um, Kenny's only had one year with the system, and he did really well last year as essentially the number three. Right. Uh, because it was. Hop one, Fuller two, Stills three. Uh, so that I, I think Stills is going to be two, and Cooks is going to be three. But that gives you three burners, right? right? Uh, both or all three of them ran like a sub. Uh, what was it like? They ran their forty in like four point three seconds or something like that. It was insane. Very, like very the number, the speed that those three have are insane. Right. Uh, and then you add Randall Cobb, which everybody, when when we signed Randall Cobb, they were like, "What in the hell is going on?" I think the Randall I, Cobb. I'm, I'm, I was in that group. I'm sorry. Yeah. I was in that group. I wasn't okay. that group. I apologize. But now, 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 let me explain why I think the Randall Cobb signing is really good. Okay. Randall Cobb uh, is going to be a dedicated slot receiver. Okay. Okay. Which, good, which is what ball. he it's what he wanted in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Okay. He would have stayed in Dallas had they said, "Okay, Randall, we're gonna sign, we're, we're gonna re-sign you, and we're gonna make you the dedicated." Sl-. He would have stayed, right? right? Right. But Houston made him the offer. It was uh, three years. Uh, was like ten or eleven million dollars. It was it was cheaper than what we had what we had left on the Hopkins deal. Right. Uh let me ask but, you this question. Okay, but, go ahead. But they said they said, okay, 
here's here's three mil or three three years uh 12 million and you are going to play nothing but slot receiver right right so that gives deshaun watson three burners and arguably a top five route runner in your slot position right let me ask you this and i i wasn't thinking about it until after the fact after we started talking about hop do you think the reason why the hop trade is also a good idea is because not only are you putting more fast weapons around deshaun watson but could it also have to do with the fact that they picked up his fifth year option and they could be looking to sign him to a large long-term deal where Deshaun will be able to get paid his money. And maybe Hop Hop maybe Hop's contract was conflicting that in some way, shape, or form. No, I don't think so because Hop had three years left on his deal. Okay. So we could have just kept him for three years and then he could have hit free agency. I don't he was locked into a, a, a three, you know, he had three more years left on his deal, so he was locked in. He was either going to sit or go to free agency anyway. Okay. So I don't think that had anything to do with it. Okay, but you still, but you, but you, we, I think we both still agree that Deshaun, him, and Patrick Mahomes are next in line to get that big payday. Yes. Because we all, uh, well, Deshaun, yeah. Deshaun has two years left on his rookie. Uh, that includes the fifth year option. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, I thought for whatever the, reason I thought this upcoming year was his fifth year option. Okay. Never no, 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 no. Uh, he has two years left on his deal, and that may be the 2020 season. It, it is. It's it's this season is his fourth year, and next season 2021 is his fifth season, and right. the same goes for Mahomes. Right. Which which because brings into the league at the same time they were drafted in the same class behind Mitchell Trubisky. I'm not. Don't get me started on him. Anyway, you're uh, right. Uh, and, and you had the Bears trade up to get Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. yeah. Well, let me ask. Uh, the- and I, I think Deshaun Kaiser was in that same draft and went before. Correct me if I'm wrong. I need to look that up. I think Deshaun Kaiser went before Pat Mahomes and Deshaun Watson as well. Okay, let me look real quick. To the to the Browns. Uh, what was that draft class? The draft class of 2017, right? Yes. Let me go down here and look. Oh, crap. I hit the wrong thing. Come on. Okay, here we go. Draft class uh, 2017. Uh, well, while you're looking that up... Uh, I'll get back to the point on um, the weapons and pieces that have been put around uh, Deshaun Watson. Okay. Uh, he attended Notre Dame College. He was drafted in the second round. Okay. Um, uh, pick number 52 overall. Um, to the Browns. Uh, uh, yes, to the Cleveland Browns. Uh, yeah, 52 overall. Um <laughs> and I find it so funny that of the players that are picked after him, Juju Smith-Schuster, Alvin Kamara, Chris Godwin, Kareem Hunt, Shaquille Griffin, Kenny Galloway, James Conner, Eddie Jackson, Tyreek Conan. 
yeah, George George Kittle's a fifth round pick. He went in 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 three years. George Kittle went from a fifth round pick to be one, to be in one of the top three uh, tight ends in the game right now. But oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. And plus, uh, he's an avid wrestling fan, so I got to be a fan of him. So, but anyway, right. um, uh, but but so speaking of tight ends, uh, not only does Deshaun have. Um, three burners at wideout in Stills, Fuller, and Cooks. You have a uh, dedicated slot receiver in uh, Randall Cobb. You have uh, Darren Fells, uh, Jordan Thomas, and Jordan Akins as the three-headed monster at tight end. Yeah. Right? Then... Uh, which a lot of people were down on the uh, David Johnson signing, right? I think only from the standpoint that he's injury prone. Okay, but if you look at it, he was injury prone when he was a an every all down, back. down back. Right, when he was an all down back. Yes, uh, because he was expected to play. Four downs and produce, right? Right. But in Houston, he's not going to be expected to be an every down bat. Right. He's going to share that responsibility with Duke Johnson. Right. Okay, so you got the Johnsons in the backfield. Johnson and um, Johnson. I just slipped right. through the D-line. Um, <laughs> but but what makes that... <laughs> No, you're good. What <laughs> I think makes that work well is both both the Johnsons, uh, Duke and David, uh, which is ironic because they're not even related. But right. That's funny. Uh, but, but both Duke and David Johnson uh, can come out of the backfield and catch as well. They're right. two of the best uh, catching backs, right? So yeah. when you line them up, no, no, no. Listen, listen. When you say you run a two, two running back situation with uh, Stills and Fuller, and then you have Darren Fells out there, right? Right. Uh, you have no idea what where that ball is going to go, especially with Deshaun Watson as the quarterback because he can run too, right? Right. right. So. And his handoff ability is uh, tremendous. Yeah, it is. Uh, so he can fake it to Duke. And you don't know if Duke's got the ball or if he's going to catch the ball. And the right. same with, with David Johnson. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I'm saying. That, that's why I think the, the more I think about it, the more I think that you're going to see um, you're not going to see a downtick in production by the Texans offense. Right. It's, so. it's more the defense that you have to worry about as opposed to making sure you keep them ready to play in the second half, basically. You know, don't, right. don't don't make sure they don't shit the bed like they did against Kansas City. Um, but I want to kind of veer the attention to another quarterback in the state of Texas, 
because this has brought up a lot of controversy in some respects. Dak Prescott was offered a five-year, $175 million deal, and he turned it down. This is a guy who's been trying to get a big deal, trying to get a big contract. But And Jerry Jones, for my knowledge, that I think that's the big... Troy Aitman never got this much money. Tony Romo never got this much money. You know, Dak Prescott, I'm sorry, bro, for half of that money, half of that money, I'd be like, fuck yeah. But, dude... Five years, $175 million. I'm sure I'm probably, I mean, I, I don't have the contract in front of me and I'm not trying to count anybody's pockets, but damn, how do you turn down five years, $175 million? Okay. Like, what are you waiting on? Are you waiting on the next, are you waiting on the next contract to, to come up? Cause I mean, Man, when I first seen that headline, I noted when I first seen the headline, I shot it straight to the group chat and was like, what the hell? Yeah. The more, that's one of those situations where it was an the initial reaction. It, the more you started looking at the other side kind of thing. Yes. And here's why I think it's good for Dak that he turned that down. Okay. We were seeing, he they offered him five years, $175 million, right? Yeah. What we weren't seeing is how much of that money was guaranteed to him? Okay. Okay. Um, player, that is the money they worry about the most is the guaranteed money. Because right. if you sign a five-year $175 million and only $10 million of that is guaranteed and you go out tomorrow and you break both your legs and you're never able to play football again... Yes, you got ten million dollars, but where's the where's that other one sixty five at? <laughs> exactly, right. the the uh, organization gets to keep that money, and then they can use that money to pay other players. But uh, I understand why Dak didn't sign the deal because we we've still yet to hear. We're, we're hearing a lot of, oh, well, the Cowboys offered Dak X amount of money and he turned it down. And I think that's information being leaked by the Cowboys organization itself because... Like they're entertaining authors or something? Well, well, if you look at it, everything that has come out on the Dak Prescott uh, contract situation has been laid out to make Dak look like a greedy ungrateful person right right Right. so it makes sense in some respects or could it be a situation of he's maybe he wants to go into free agency and maybe there's another who's to say that you know Dallas offered him this contract he says no he doesn't want to take it he hits free agency and he signs with a team for less money than what uh, Jerry was going to pay him just because he maybe he didn't like the situation in Dallas. Maybe he doesn't – maybe – and I'm not going to I'm not gonna cast any disperges on him, but maybe it's like, man, being the, being the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys is a bitch because it's like you have – you become the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. They automatically expect you to be Troy Aikman, you know, kind of like with, with any great – 
Like, I don't know who the starting quarterback of the New England Patriots is going to be this season. But you're Jared Stidham. You're following Tom Brady. You know, you don't want to be the guy that follows and I'm only using this in the context of what we're talking about. You don't want to be the guy that follows the goat. You know what I mean? You no, don't want to be no. that guy. You know, kind of like how, you know, and I, I don't know his name, and I probably should, and I feel like a schmuck for not knowing. Whoever replaced Steve McNair, I want to say it was either, God, who replaced Steve McNair in, in Tennessee? Uh, off the top of my head, I can't think of who it was, but whoever, maybe that's why I don't remember who it was. Maybe it was unimportant. The next person I can remember replacing, playing in Tennessee before Super Mario got there was Jake Locker, and he didn't stick around long either. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, I can't. No, no, Vince Young. It was Vince Young. Vince Young. Um, I, did he come in right after? Not right, um, a, not right after. Not right after. There was some. I think Billy Volek was a, was also there as well, or Neil O'Donnell or something. Yeah, you don't want to be the guy who follows the guy, you know? Like, Andrew Luck had it bad, man, because he was following Peyton. Unless, here's the thing, (laughs) you don't want to be the guy that follows the guy unless your name is Tom Brady. And I hate to say that because most people, Tom Brady is a either you like him or you hate him kind of person, right? But you got to think. But I only hate him because he played for the New England Patriots. Like, I don't know him personally. Who was the quarterback? Who was the quarterback in New England before uh, Tom Brady? Drew Bledsoe. Right. But about 70% of the people who watch football today probably don't know that if you're unless you are a New England Patriots fan. You know. You're right. But <laughs> what I'm saying is Drew Bledsoe was one hell of a QB. Right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He was at the time night that, that in that especially in his early days, 19 19- 1997 1998 he was up there he was he he was he was being mentioned among you know Elway and Marino and guys like that but it was kind of like he was like a second tier quarterback almost but he was he's the type that won't lose the game for you but he will occasionally win the game for you but he right. he put up numbers you know it was him him and Rich Gannon from Oakland were kind of in the same vein a little bit they were great quarterbacks but they didn't have what a lot of people would call the it factor or the star factor or whatever. It wasn't like, like Kurt Warner was the Cinderella story, you know, in the nineties, you know, and you know, there was obviously, you know, Dan Marino was the quote unquote greatest quarterback to never win a championship. And then you had John Elway who could never win a championship, no matter how hard he tried. And then the last two years of his career, he won two. You know, but at the same time, right. in, the early, in the late 90s, uh, Peyton Manning came in, you know, and other quarterbacks like that. Drew Brees came in a little bit after that. And so did Michael Vick and then Tom Brady in 2001. You know, it started this downward spiral. There was a lot of quarterbacks who were still in the league who were great quarterbacks, but they did. They got a lot. They got overshadowed a lot by the big names that were still there, you know. So exactly. You feel for a lot of those guys. Like, for example, um, and this is a good example, Drew Brees. People don't remember that Drew Brees was the quarterback of the San Diego Chargers. You know, people for, people forget about that because he had his biggest success in New Orleans. 
because exactly. after Drew Brees left, Philip Rivers became the quarterback of the of the of the Chargers. And as good as a quarterback as Philip Rivers is, they never won anything. And no, they did you know, not. A lot of people, and a lot of people, put the blame on Philip Rivers, even though it is a team sport. And you, you know, Philip Rivers doesn't play defense and all that good shit. But it's kind of like you're the quarterback of the team, therefore you're the captain of this ship, and you have to go down with the ship, and you have to, as the leader of the team, you have to have, you have to be the one who takes sole responsibility for not motivating your team to the promised land. You know, something along those lines, and every single, you know whether it be a coach or a player, everybody has their own standards. Everybody has their own, um, everybody has their own qualifications as to what makes a team leader or whatever, which is one of the main reasons why I always say fuck Jay Cutler, because I know he's a good quarterback, but he's a shitty leader and he's a shitty person in real life. But that's a different story for a different time. There's a reason right. why he's getting a divorce. Uh, how, how, how bad do you have to fuck up to get divorced by Kristen Cavallari? I know no one here listens. No one here watches Laguna Beach like I did back in the day. I'm sorry. Lauren Conrad was still hot. Anyway. Um, hey, uh, to, <laughs> just to, to circle back for a second, uh, it was uh, Vince Young that was the quarterback right after McNair. Okay. Uh, because the, the year prior – uh, so the 2005 season was McNair's last season, and then he was traded to the Ravens. Right. And then uh, Vince Young was taken third overall the following year, right? The following draft. Correct. Yeah. Correct. There was okay. no there was no gap. Uh, okay. Quarterback. I had, in for between. whatever reason, I thought there was a gap between the two. You know. Uh, no. Which still, Vince Young was a very. Vince Young was a very, very big disappointment from the standpoint that he just let himself go. You know, he he didn't have the discipline to take care of himself to maintain it. And right. we talked about this earlier, and I hate to keep beating a dead horse about this, but a lot of the downfall, and I know people, it's personal responsibilities, and I understand that, but I feel like a lot of what led Vince Young down that road was the fact that Jeff Fisher didn't want it. You know, Jeff Fisher didn't no. want to draft Vince. I, you know, Bud Adams told Jeff Fisher I, draft him because that's the guy that I want. You know, you know, right? I still think that um, Vince Young's biggest downfall was Vince Young. I know uh, because because he he produced on the field for the most part. I mean, he was he was uh, first year he they went eight and eight, and he was rookie of the year. Um, Second season, he was the quarterback. They improved from eight and eight to ten and six, and made the playoffs. Right. Uh, you know, third year that he played, they won their division and went um, had eight Pro Bowlers on the team. Right. Uh, oh yeah, that was the year they went thirteen and three. Right. That's correct. And then they ended up losing in the first round to New England or something, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. That's actually that's actually the year that Vince Young was uh injured because Kerry Collins was the quarterback yeah. that year they went 13 and 3. People don't remember Kerry Kerry Collins Kerry uh, Collins was a G. I don't care what anybody says. Kerry Collins was a straight up G. He right. led the Giants to the Super Bowl when no one thought the Giants could make it. Only problem is he ran into the fucking mammoth 
of the 2000 Baltimore Ravens, which a lot of people would say is the greatest defense to ever play football. I digress. I feel like the 2002 Buccaneers and the 85 Bears were better, but not going to get into it because I love Ray Lewis right. and I love Ed Reed. But <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah Vince Young's last year. Yeah. Anyway. No, 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 you're fine. <laughs> Vince Young's last year with the uh, Titans, they went um, eight and eight, and then he went on to play mm, for the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I don't even think he actually saw field time. Was Donovan was Donovan still there? Uh, yeah, because it was 2011. Um, he was a, he was another good underrated quarterback that never got a lot of love, only because right. he always failed in the big moments. You know. He was kind of like he was kind. Of, I I would say that he was the football equivalent to Allen Iverson. Amazing player, didn't show up in the big moments when he when he needed to. And then the one shot that he did have with the ch- four championship, he played good, but he just didn't get it. You know, you know. Right. That's the way I look at. You know, Donovan McNabb. You know, I think he's a good. I mean, granted, I mean you you have to deal with Terrell Owens. You're a saint. You know, what I mean. You know, man. Yeah. yeah. See, the 2011 uh, Eagles—they were coached by Andy Reid. Yeah. Uh, and they went eight and eight, so they were a subpar team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had that. No, that was uh, Mike Vick was the starting quarterback there. So oh, they had uh, they had Mike Vick and Vince Young on the same team and went eight and eight. How right. the hell do you do that, man? Not running a not running a, a pure spread offense. I mean, that's yeah, one exactly. way. To do it. Let me ask you this question because we talked a lot about Vince Young, but there was another quarterback who had a lot of hype. He was a number one pick overall. He had a lot of potential, and then an injury kind of staled his kind of derailed. De- not not to- totally ended it, but it kind of derailed his career where he really can't get a starting job anywhere, and he's been traveled all over the place. RG3, Robert Griffin III, like, they, they – I mean, this kid was everywhere when he came out of college, coming out of Baylor University, and getting drafted by the Washington Redskins, wins Rookie of the Year, he leads the Washington Redskins to the uh, – uh, playoffs and everything and I want to say it was 2013 they ran into the Legion of Boom of Seattle and I think that's when he effed his knee up and he just hasn't been the same since like that injury really 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 effed him up to the point that he hasn't really been able to get a starting job anywhere you know no he's the uh he's the backup in Baltimore now okay so so he's backing up RG RG3 is backing up uh Lamar Jackson Lamar Jackson yeah. Yes. So, I mean, uh, it's, yeah, it's, they it's completely a good position though because, you know, that both of those quarterbacks have different styles. You know, or, or they they have this a similar style, but I think Jackson, Jackson is different because Jackson has the body of a running back, while RG three has the body of like your typical, you know, average quarterback. You know, only problem, only difference is RG right. is a little bit more elusive. You know, or at least what he used to. Yeah. I haven't really seen him play that much since his knee injury. You know, which which really sucks. You know, because I was a fan of RG three. I thought he was 
really, really, really good player. Um, yeah, he, I mean, he played a little bit last season. Um, just uh, kind of here and there, not anything, you know, tremendous because uh, Lamar Jackson's the guy. Right. I mean, he played with the Redskins from 2012, 2015. Then he went to the Cleveland Browns. And then he didn't play anywhere for two thousand for in the year two, uh, 2017. Um, I guess I don't remember if he was injured and he had to take the whole year off or whatever it was. And then he signed with the Ravens 2016. That was an interesting draft uh, that year. Um, um, Cause Andrew Luck went number one overall to Indianapolis and he's no longer in the league now. No, nope. uh, of course, RG three went number two to the Redskins. Tell me if you remember this name, Trent Richardson running back out of Alabama. Yeah, he went to Cleveland. He petered out like Dude, really quickly. Petered quickly, like so quickly. Uh, and then the next one was uh, Matt Khalil, who you know, Pro Bowler, great offensive tackle for the Minnesota Vikings. He was. Uh, he was played for Carolina, and then um, was traded to Houston last year. Uh, yeah, he, yeah, I think did he bounce around? I think, I think he bounced around a lot. Let's see. Yeah, he's currently a free agent. He played. Yeah, he played for Minnesota from 2012 to 2016. Was with Carolina for two years after that. And it, okay, it says right here in this asterisk next to it. It says off season and or practice squad member only. Wow. So he went from fourth for, overall for pick Houston. to yeah for yeah. Houston. So he went from fourth overall pick to practice squad. Wow, crazy. Uh, hey, also in that also in that same draft, Ryan Tannehill went number eight overall to Miami. Uh, Luke Keekley went number nine overall to the uh, Carolina Panthers. Oh wow, Stephon Gilmore, in my opinion, the best defensive uh, the best uh, defensive uh, corner in the game right now was playing for the Buffalo Bills. That's crazy. Okay. Um, also, Fletcher Cox, defensive tackle, uh, was drafted by the uh, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Mark Ingram, I'm sorry, not Mark Ingram. I apologize. Melvin Ingram, linebackers with San Diego. Um, Dante Jones, huh? Chandler yeah. Jones, Dante. Oh my God, dude, you got Chandler Jones and Dante Hightower in the same draft, literally four spaces between each other. Like that is insane. Larkin. Yeah. Doug Martin, Norris uh, Jenkins, Alshon Jeffrey, Jeffrey, Bobby yep. Wagner, uh, Zach, Zach Brown. Zach Brown, Zach Brown, man, he was good, but like, whatever happened to him afterwards? He played with Tennessee for three know, years. Hey, hey, here's one for you. Third round, CLC Hawks took Russell Wilson. Yep. Yeah, Miami took. Uh, Olivier Vernon at number uh, at, at number uh, seventy two. Yeah, uh, hey, Nick, damn, Foles Nick Foles also yep. came out. Yep, Akeem Hicks, T.Y. Hill, Lamar. Uh, here's a name you'll know: Lamar Miller. Yeah, I know. Kurt Cousins. That and that was the one. That was the controversial one because they were wondering: Okay, you took RG three in the first round. Why are you taking Kurt Cousins in the fourth? Now the original rumor was because they thought that they could use Kurt Cousins as trade bait, but nobody bit. So that was pretty right. much they were stuck um, with two quarterbacks basically. Um, Malik Jackson, Josh Norman. Yeah, I can't believe Josh Norman was a fifth round pick. Like that blows my mind that he was that far down. You know what I mean? 
Uh, right. hey, Alfred Morris, he came out of nowhere and became a good player for Washington. Yeah. Um, and then Josh Gordon came out in the supplemental draft. Um, and then notable undrafted picks that year, uh, Justin Tucker, the kicker for the uh, Baltimore Ravens, Vontaze yeah. Burfick. Huh? I said, yeah, Tuck. Yeah, and Ju- uh, Vontaze Burfick, which he's – He's yeah, he's one of the ones that are that's very 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 controversial because he gets into a lot of you know trouble with you know defensive penalties and uh, things like that. Uh, Michael Thomas, Gibson. yeah, Michael Thomas, uh, not the wide receiver Michael Thomas, but the safety Michael Thomas out of Stanford, um, right? Went undrafted. I think he's playing with he's playing with the Houston Texans now. Yeah, he is a free safety for the Houston Texans now. He was. Uh, yeah, he, he got picked up. He was on practice squad for uh, the 49ers, and he was with Miami for four years, and he went to the Giants for the last two, and now he's playing with Houston. Yeah. Uh, excuse me. Yeah. We, that was a, just that was a different draft, though. That uh, was, yeah. Anyway, the reason why I bring up – the reason why I brought up RG3, whose career do you think is more disappointing, Vince Young's or RG3's? Uh, Considering RG3 is still playing <laughs> – and making money, uh, I'm going to say Vince Young's, uh, because he had such. I mean, you got to think he was on the greatest college football team there is. Will we will agree to disagree? Then he will. Um, then he was drafted to a team that was already set up to win. Yeah. Okay. Okay. One rookie. One rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. And did nothing since. I think in some respects. Okay, go ahead. After I was gonna say, then after he um retired from pro football, he couldn't even keep a job as a an advisor to the University of Texas because he couldn't show up to work. On time. Wow. That is insane. Yes. You know, you may, you may have convinced me because I was originally going to go with RG3. Only from the standpoint that he had, we thought that this guy was going to basically take over Washington Redskins and would be the quarterback that they have been searching for since Joe Theismann, you know. Um, right. And I believe that because a lot of the bad luck that's happened to RG3 was just that bad luck. And I feel like a lot of Vince Young's was more self-induced to where, you know, and, and this is in a perfect world scenario. If Vince Young would have, you know, took in better care of himself and maybe these tic-tac injuries or the, the luck of, you know, the universe or whatever wasn't playing in his favor, then that could be one thing. But if you give off the impression that you don't care, it's hard for me to be disappointed. I'm more disappointed with the guy who does try. He's good enough to stay in the league, but he's not good enough to recapture what he once had. Do you get what I'm saying? Where it's more right. like a it's more it's more bad luck than self-induced hardship. You know what I'm saying? That's why I think RG3 in some respects 
is the more disappointing. Like when you think of Vince Young, you almost get angry. Like, man, what are you doing? You have all this going on for you. You're on one of the best young teams. Man, why are you fucking this up? You're getting more angry than disappointed. But with RG3, he's a good kid. He's got a great personality. You know, he, he's going to be, he's, he could be a role model for the kids of, of the next generation of NFL fans. And then bad luck after bad luck, injury after injury. It's like, man, like this breaks my heart. It's more heartbreaking than it is anger inducing. That's why I would say RG3 is more of a disappointing career based off that, you know, and I guess six in one hand, half a dozen in the other, you can look at it from either direction. You know, it's just that, you know, RG3 had it and then dumb luck stopped it, you know, which would, again, like I said, yeah. in the course of Vince Young, it was like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, that's why yeah, I, I can see that, you know, at least it wasn't, uh, you know, at least it wasn't, you know, drugs or anything like that or, you know, you know, or any type of like run-ins with law enforcement or anything like that. Um, you know, it, it was it was to a point where he just didn't kind of like and I'm never going to put I'm not trying to put these two people in the same category. So please don't think that I am, um, which, you know, how for many, many years, a lot of people believed that um, Ryan Leaf was the biggest bust in NFL history. Yeah, I, I, I've, and I've said this for years. I, I disagree with it only from the standpoint that Jamarcus Russell, in my opinion, is the is the greatest bust in in in, in, in NFL history because he basically robbed the Oakland Raiders of forty million dollars because he didn't want to come to practice. He didn't want to do. You know, but the only reason why he was drafted where he was was because Al Davis loved the kid and he wanted to bring him on. Now, this is just after Jamarcus Russell led the LSU Tigers to a national championship. And then he gets drafted number one overall. And then it was like he didn't give a shit anymore. He got his money. He don't care. You know? Yeah. And I look at this draft. Like, I'm looking at the draft right now. I'm looking at the top 20 uh, picks right now. And I'm looking at it and I'm thinking to myself, you have all these other great players that you could have drafted beside Jamarcus Russell. And I guarantee you, you could have picked up a quarterback in a later round and you could have had something great in Oakland. Just in the top 10, you had Calvin Johnson, considered to be one of the most incredible wide receivers to ever play the game. Unfortunately, he left, he, he left his career early. Offensive tackle Joe Johnson at number three to the Cleveland Browns. LaRon Landry, safety from LSU, who went in the same draft. But it's like you could have picked him to burden your defense. Adrian Peterson went to the Vikings. Patrick Willis went to the 49ers. Marshawn Lynch was in that draft. Darrell Revis, Lawrence Timmons, Michael – hell, here's the name you know, Michael Griffith, former Texas safety, you know. Yeah. Reggie Nelson out of Florida, Dwayne Bow out of LSU, Bear, Brandon Bear, Brandon uh, Merriweather out of Miami, John Beeson out of Miami, uh, Greg Olson out of Miami, you know, Paul Plus Slugsney out of Penn State, Eric Weddle, Zach Miller, Sidney Rice, Lamar Woodley, like all these great players that came out. You could have had them. 
You know, here's Matt's Matt's older brother, Ryan Khalil, who also played for the Carolina Panthers. So many other great players that came out after the fact that you could have picked. Instead, you basically and I and I understand that drafting is not an exact science and it's easy to look at things in hindsight now because it is, you know, seven it is 13 years after the fact. But it's like Yeah, I mean it's it's easy to play Monday morning quarterback. Right. But at the same time um, but at the same time as what we do on here, you know. Um yeah. you know, I don't want anybody, you know, on any football fan site to say, well, what do you know? You never played it down in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, but I played football before, so kiss my ass. Um, you know, but right. give a take, you know, there were so many more more better players that could have been. You know, the here's here here's the funny thing. In terms of quarterbacks that were drafted that year, okay? Yeah. Let me click on the thing to make it okay. Who we got? Let me slide by here. Okay. These are the quarterbacks that were drafted in the same year that he that Jamarcus Russell was drafted, okay? Marcus Russell, Brady Quinn, quarterback out of Notre Dame, Kevin Cobb out of Houston. John Beck out of BYU, Trent Edwards out of Stanford, Isaiah Stanback out of Washington, Jeffrey Rowe out of Nevada, Troy Smith out of Ohio State, Jordan Palmer out of UTEP, and Tyler Thigpen out of Coastal Carolina. So you have Notre Dame, Houston, BYU, Michigan State. And at the time... People were high on Drew Stanton that he could have easily been up there. But, you know, they had, you know, which he ended up going to Detroit, you know, and they, and they, I don't think, I don't even, I don't even think they had Matthew Stafford at that point. I think Stafford was drafted either the year after or the year before. Let me look. Uh, no, it wasn't that one here. Uh, Brady Quinn, Brady Quinn doesn't even play football anymore. Nah, he 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 works for Fox as an analyst now. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he played for he played for Cleveland, Denver, Kansas City, Seattle, uh, the Jets, the Rams, and then ended his career in Miami. Yep, he was there for a cup of coffee, and then there was uh, the that it was 2014. Yeah, so Matthew, yeah, Matthew Stafford was the 2009 draft. That's when yeah. Matthew Stafford was drafted. Uh, that was the year that the Houston Texans picked up Brian Cushing. Right. Long, Ooh, oh man, I remember, oh also, man, this was. Oh man, this was. The, is this the? Is this the Tebow draft? No, this isn't the Tebow draft. This is okay because Percy Harvin is on it. I think. No, no, Tebow was the. Tebow was two thousand eight, wasn't he? Let me look. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Uh, Brian Cushing, he's not even playing football anymore. He's the um, conditioning coach in Houston. Oh well, there you go. But he yeah. had was his was due to concussions, right? Um, he he had too many PED violations. Ah, uh, yeah, that that would yeah. make sense. Okay, this was two thousand and two thousand and ten was the year that Tebow was drafted. That was also the same year that Sam Bradford was drafted number one overall to the St. Louis Rams. 
that was if you're looking at the quarterbacks they had that they were considering this quarterback class to be pretty good you had right. Sam Bradford going to Sam was going to St. Louis Tim Tebow went to the Broncos Jimmy Clausen at Notre Dame went to the Carolina Panthers your boy Colt McCoy that's when he got drafted to the Cleveland Browns yep which I'm sorry they fucked him over dude uh they yeah. sure did the year what what year was that that was the 2010 Cleveland Browns season uh let's see they ended up going yeah that was the year that they were preparing him to uh play and then they had signed Jake DeLone to uh basically be the the bridge and Colt played I think he played maybe one or two games and then they sat him for Seneca Wallace yeah exactly <laughs> all right well Bubba it is we're running a little bit low on time here, man. Yeah, it's it's uh 11 p.m. here, and I've got to go to work in the morning, unfortunately. I know you don't. Yeah, um, I'll find something to do with my time. <laughs> otherwise, I'd say we could record longer, but... Right. Um, it is what it is, man. Said, yeah. With that being said, uh, let's go ahead and wrap her up here. And, uh, let's see if we remember how to do this. <laughs> Honestly, I don't. <laughs> okay, <laughs> please, uh, please okay. do not leave without leaving a like, comment, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Follow us on all of our social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and check out the YouTube channel. Make sure you hit subscribe and click that bell for notifications. Until next time, I am Chip Hazard. I am Talon Williams. And this, and this is, is Movement Radio. Okay, so we got to do it again. One more time. Ready? Ready?